It's the Great Dante Read-Through. It's the Great Dante Read-Through, where we are reading through all of the comic strip, The Adventures of Nikolai Dante. Co-created by Robbie Morrison and Simon Fraser from the weekly science fiction anthology comic, 2000 AD. I'm Simon Fraser. And I'm Edie Nugent, freelance writer and Simon's wife. Join us as we swashbuckle our way through the Russian Empire of the future. Warning, there will be spoilers. We will be talking in depth about these comics, so if you haven't read them yet, listen at your own risk. To join our book club and read along with us, go to shop.2000ad.com to pick up the books in hard copy or digital. Today we're reading The Hunting Party, found in progs 1139 through 1140. Hi, Simon. Hi, Edie. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. Yeah? I'm tired, but like it's been a good week. It's been, it's, yes. I mean, it, it's, it's, there's <laughs> not much of this week yet, but it's been good so far. I hope, I hope the same Cause for, for celebration. Yes, for everyone out there. Yeah. Um, I got some good news this week, some potential good news, I should say. Yep. Things yep. are still in progress, but yes, it's good. exciting. It is exciting. So it's been a good week. Um, so yeah, we're reading The Hunting Party. We who are. wrote it, who drew it, who colored it, who lettered it? Well, it's written by Robbie Morrison, as always. Uh, it is drawn by Andy Clark, um, and it's colored by Disraeli, and letters are by Annie Parkhouse. Mm, Disraeli's coloring again. Yeah, Disraeli coloring again. Okay. Um, so we open on this splash page of Dante uh, in a striking but less than great coat. It's, yeah. a, it's a nice coat, but it's short. It's more of a kind of abortive robe it's a yes. strange cape thing yes but it's very fancy yeah um and he's leaning on his huntsman gun atop a pile of two bodies mm-hmm. one is a bald man who looks like he's got some pictish woad tribal designs mm-hmm. on his skin and the other appears to have a kind of japanese bun yeah not sure what's going on there not sure at all what's going on there does not relate to the story at all not even a little bit yeah. but hey yeah. that's yeah. what we got um, and he's got kind of a snowy backdrop behind him. Yeah. And then around him, aside from the, the mm-hmm. landscape, is this rogues gallery of the Romanov clan. Mm-hmm. Dimitri and Jocasta, the parents. Yep. Then Lulu, Constantin, uh, Victor, Nastasia, and Andreas, Andreas and Arkady. Arkady, yes. The gang's okay. all here. Yeah. yeah. And they're looking very, uh, very yeah. rogues gallery. Yeah. I like Andy's design here. It's, it's good. It's interesting. It's retro, but also kind of modern. Um, so... Uh, the hunting party, um, the original story, which is this kind of, which kind of sparked this, I had, I hesitate to say inspires it because I don't think Robbie paid any attention to the original at all. Uh, the original hunting party comic book is written by Pierre Christen and, and drawn by Enki Bilal, which is a story about political power in Soviet Russia in the early eighties. Um, and the moral compromises required to maintain it. Uh, that's not what this is about. This is about uh, Dante's family. Well, um, I mean, you could loosely say that this is about moral compromises to maintain power. I mean, yeah. as we get into the story loosely, it Yes, I mean, it certainly that's it. I mean, it's, it's again, setting the stage for what's to come. Um, the idea of, like, the, the Romanov family's ruthlessness, 
uh, and their determination to win at all costs. And this hunt, which they're about to engage in, this family hunt, is the first time we've seen the whole par- whole family engaging as one. That's true. Um, is because uh, Mama wasn't there before. Mama even wasn't there we before. Saw everyone else. Even Dimitri wasn't there before. So this is kind of everybody. Uh, well, we've seen Dimitri and the family. I feel like all of not us. all not all in the same situation at huh, the same time. Okay. Okay, I believe so, you. You're the expert. Right. <laughs> um, so we're still in 2668. Yep. The stalking grounds mm-hmm. of the Romanov dynasty, a snowy sort of mountainous landscape, mm-hmm. and uh, at the center of which there's this sort of rocky protrusion and a golden building atop that. That's I guess the, that's the, the Winter the palace. palace. That's the Romanov right. Winter Palace. I didn't yeah. quite get that when I first looked at it, but but reading mm-hmm. through the story, I realized that's now. So yeah. we're sort of in the in the larger area around the Winter Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see a hawk alight on a branch, only to be targeted by digital crosshairs that move from the bird's head to the branch of the tree behind it uh, and fires. Mm-hmm. And Dimitri comes up behind Dante, whose huntsman fired that shot, and upbraids him for missing the bird. And Dante seems very happy to have missed. Interesting. He doesn't want to hit it. Because Andy draws the, the reti- a targeting reticule on there. Um, now, Does the huntsman have that or is he targeting with his crest? It's an interesting That's question. What I, thought I don't was know. That it was it, the crest. I, I presume there's some kind of synchronization between the crest and the the rifle. I don't know. I never I never drew that. <laughs> Does he so like Bluetooth the huntsman possibly. into his crest? <laughs> it's entirely possible. I never drew it that way, and he did this uh, took it on himself to draw mm. that. So that's 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 his own thing. Mm. Uh, I I would like to say this is Andy Clark again, who we last we saw in uh, what was it called? Oh, the, Octobriana. The Octobriana seduction. No, I and think we saw one other thing he did after that. I can't remember now. I can't remember. But yeah, this is, this is, he's come on a long way since then. I think mm. his artwork's definitely coming on leaps and bounds. Uh, it's much more um, delicate and much. Uh, and it's only uh, like a year later. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But you know, he's young. We're, we're, as a young artist, you, you, you move so fast, so quickly doing, when your style, yeah. your style's developing. It's the really true developing. when you look at your work on um, Lux and Albie, hmm. Sign On and Save the Universe, and then you look at, the beginning of Dante. Yeah. These things are only a few years apart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, you're, you're, you're picking up so much so fast. Yeah. And you're working so hard that you learn really quickly and you're kind of like develop your, what is your mature style as it were. Mm. And clearly Andy's working on that. Andy did eventually uh, pick up a lot of Travis Charest influences, um, who's a, a very famous American comic book artist. Um, a little bit over elaborate for me, a little bit too, um, too much about the finishing of the rendering. Um, I don't know how to explain that. Um, if you think of an artist like Travis Charest or, um, Art Adams, uh, who does this very elaborate finish on his artwork, very polished rendering. Um, so the artwork is very illustrative and very pretty to look at. Um, and, and that obviously gets a lot of fans and it's very attractive looking artwork, but I, I tend to feel that I, I would, that's not the way that's I like to go. That's not the way I like to go. Yeah. Uh, all, all style is at the service of the story. And if something is ugly, it should be drawn ugly. And if something is pretty, it could be drawn pretty. Um, I don't want to draw everything the same way. And I think a lot of Charest and Adams, as much as they are superb craftsmen, tend to make everything rather 
rather too pretty, like, rather too illustrative. Does it, does it end up too samey for you? A little bit. Okay. Uh, it's also rather too illustrative. Because I love Art Adams. Sure. Like, no, I, I, the, I think he's a wonderful illustrator. And I, but I, I think... The Long Shot, that was him, yeah, right? That's, the Long Shot miniseries? Yeah, way back. I love that um, miniseries. But, I mean, you can count on the fingers of one hand the number of comics that Art Adams has done in the last 20 years. He doesn't do comics very much because his style is so illustrative and so pernickety that it's very lots, hard to do lots comics. Lots of very... Style. Very thin, deliberate lines. Very controlled, yeah. very disciplined, mm -hmm. and very beautiful lines. Um, and that makes it very hard to do comics because that's not really how comics work. Comics is about moving, always moving. You're moving from one image to the next, and you're not We should say, in your opinion. In my opinion. In your course, opinion. Always yes, in my opinion. Yes. Um, you have this way of speaking really authoritatively that sometimes sounds like you're saying, this is the edict, but no, this is your point of view this as is, an artist. Of course, my point of view. Yeah. This, is, this podcast is my point of view podcast. It is, it is. It's how I'm talking to you now. Um... So yeah, I tend to feel that, that that kind of misses the point of comics mm -hmm. because comics is about storytelling. It's about movement from image to image. It's about narrative and it's about telling the story as compellingly as possible. Uh, so decorative, illustrative styles tend to come over as a little bit cutesy for me. Hmm. Anyway. Well, um, getting back to the book, we yes. have a voiceover from another book, yep. Dynasty by Maxim Turgenev. Turgenev, yeah. Turgenev, um, thank you. It's a reference to something. I don't know what. Something. Tur I don't know what Turgenev. I think Maxim Turgenev is a is a Russian figure. A well, literary it, figure. it's telling us that hunting parties are used in Russian literature to portray a microcosm of society, and that they're a metaphor for the cruelty and predation of man. Mm -hmm. Before going on to say that the annual hunt of the Romanovs is far more complex and disturbing. <laughs> so, um, like everything with the Romanovs, like everything with the Romanovs. So that's a funny laugh line. But it seems that Robbie is is familiar with the setup that you're describing from the Inky Bilal book. I mean, right? I'm sure it's, he's read it. It's Russian, or or just this is a trope in Russian literature. Uh, it's also a way for him to basically have a go at the upper classes because mm -hmm. that's right. one of Robbie's consistent. Um, which we love through this whole thing yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's it, he's that never gets old punching up never gets old yeah his take note his condescension for the upper class is is, is uh, <laughs> yeah. by this point quite clear oh. um, and dante is our, our token blue collar hero indeed well we're near the winter palace mm -hmm. uh and as as we just noted seeing it there in the in the distance constantin claims that he's the leader of the hunt mm -hmm. lulu tells him to get a life and mm -hmm. that they let him win because he's an ass when he loses mm -hmm. and she mentions that the real hunt is subtler more subtle, more subtle for yes. intelligent prey Yes. Meaning so people. Implying that she's, yeah. So she's, she's like manipulating somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Nastasia arrives astride a white tiger, mm -hmm. which she claims to have tamed and may decide to skin and use as a coat later for an upcoming wildlife charity ball. Because Nastasia. We'll never get tired of seeing how despicable Nastasia yeah, is. Yeah, we're like, listen, how do we make Nastasia more gross? Let's mm -hmm. make her Cruella de Vil for an mm -hmm. endangered species. <laughs> I mean, say what you want about Dalmatians, but they're mm -hmm. not endangered. Yeah. <laughs> She's mm -hmm. like, I'm going to Cruella this endangered white tiger. Right. So Which I imagine is only more endangered in 2668 than it is now. But I suppose what we're getting here, which we haven't seen before, is how the, the Romanov family interact with each mm. other, which so far is badly. Badly. They're, well, they're all no, posturing. There's no love lost. They're, they're also all posturing yes. in front of mom and dad. So exactly. that's a thing. Yes, they are. Um, Andreas is being served a hot drink by a trembling servant mm -hmm. while describing the champagne, caviar, and wenches he's bagged recently. Mm -hmm. And his mother steps into the frame and lets him know if he wants to squander his life on gambling women and contesting paternity suits, <laughs> which, again, okay, 
please a spinoff comic of like the Maury Povich shows. Like, do you know Maury Povich? No. Okay. So this was like an afternoon TV show. Um, a talk show that was mm-hmm. popular in like the 90s in America. I don't know if there's a British equivalent where you basically, they would just do like these junk shows. Like, let's have some white supremacists meet like civil rights organizers. Mm-hmm. Let's have, you know, um, wild kids and their parents who can't handle them and also mm-hmm. paternity suits. So you'd mm-hmm. have DNA tests, see if this is your baby right. or not. So classy. I want to, very classy entertainment. So I want to see like a spinoff comic, like a one shot of mm-hmm like a TV show with Andreas and like all of his potential babies getting DNA tests. <laughs> I, I, I find it amazing because he seems to be a smart guy, but he obviously doesn't understand birth control or doesn't care. I mean, what he's maybe learned that's... from his dad is just impregnate everyone. It's interesting. So maybe he just doesn't give a shit. Like no, he, I don't think he, they do. It's, it's the ultimate power trip for him. Yeah. It's like he can get anyone he wants when pregnant and When you're so wealthy and you're yeah. so powerful that you don't have to own up to any of it. It's mm-hmm. like you just... just be fruitful and multiply. Mm. Who's going to stop you? Assumingly, the weapons crest is like the ultimate expression of, of entitled white power because it protects him from everything, even yeah. disease or whatever. So mm. he's basically Yeah, going, so I mean, the crest could do birth control if he wanted it to. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it could. It can do everything else. So yeah, it's um, deliberate. He's a douche as well. Just another douche. Just another douche. Just because we like him a little just bit more. Just because we enjoy mean, his douchery doesn't yeah. mean he's not a douche. Yeah. Um, so yeah, his mom is like, if you want to squander your life on gambling women mm-hmm. and contesting paternity suits, that's fine. And that he's the only thing in her life she's ever given up on. Wow. Ouch. Sting. That is, uh, yeah. It's, it's it's getting even colder out here in the mm-hmm. Arctic tundra. <laughs> um, so Victor just belches. Like yeah. everyone else is chiming in with things. Victor just belches. Mm-hmm. That's all we're going to see of Victor from this whole story. That's Victor's impression Victor of the belching. whole situation. Yeah. Uh, that's his only commentary. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's strangely fitting, isn't it? It may not be the, the <laughs> least promising thing that uh, people say this weekend. Um, Constantine teases Arkady that he's doing pretty well so far in the hunt, while the youngest Romanov, Arkady, complains that he'd be doing better if someone hadn't stolen his weapons crest. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a shot at Dante, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Sorry, sounds of drinking. We are drinking. Yeah, we are drinking. I know it's you know perks. We're we're a little we're a little long in the tooth for putting this podcast together, listeners. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> last minute. <laughs> literally. So um. Yeah. So we're 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 having a little weekday drink, which we mm-hmm. don't normally do these yes. days. But hey, desperate times. Um, yeah. Uh, not that we wouldn't want to be hanging out with you guys. This is actually super super fun. Um, a super fun thing to do on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. I mean, what else I are we going to do? What else are we going to do? Watch, watch TV. another TV show. Yeah, right. Watch another TV show. Yeah. Um, let's talk with our friends about comics and drink. Yay. Um, so, Constantine notes that Dante's the only one so far to not have killed anything yet, mm-hmm. even though he has the best firearms of all of them because he's right. got the huntsman. Uh, and Dante responds by throwing a snowball in his face. Yes. Um, and Constantine lifts up, up by the lapels and lectures him on how sacred their family hunting tradition mm-hmm. is. And Constantine gets hit in the face by another snowball thrown by Andreas this time, yep. uh, who tells him to chill out. Mm-hmm. And Nastasia agrees, asking if he even remembers what fun is. Mm-hmm. And Constantine says that Andreas has clearly been spending too much time with Dante. So mm-hmm. we're getting some fun sibling 
Right. Siblings squabbling. So the siblings are actually behaving like siblings. They are. Well, yes, we're, we're about to say that. Dante then trips him, uh, saying that the family that plays together stays together, mm-hmm. and a snowball fight breaks out, yep. which apparently for Nastasia means throwing snow down Victor's pants. Listen, she's... She is such a she weirdo. Has, she has no redeeming features, She is this one. such a weirdo. <laughs> um... Oh, I don't know about her. Mm-hmm. She she is unsettling in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jocasta, yeah, agrees with you. She takes this whole scene in and is, starts telling Dimitri that the group is finally acting like the children they never got to be. Yeah. Um, and that maybe Dimitri didn't breed all of her out of them yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dimitri says that it's only a matter of time before the killing begins. Yeah. As ever, Dimitri is just a living sneer. Yeah. That's his whole thing. I don't think we ever gave him anything. I, I, there's a li- there's a bit later where he's kind of gets a a little bit of a character, but he really spends his whole life with a, sm- a smear, a sneer in his face. Yeah, yeah, he's really a wet blanket. He's douchebag. I mean, of I all do. Douchebags. It is kind of interesting to think about him out here on this like family trip. It seems mm-hmm. like something that he's completely unsuited for, yep. and yet they do this every year. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, he thinks it's important. I wonder if important. he's doing it just because it's some kind of tradition and he's, like, upholding traditions because, because, just because traditions need to be upholded. Yeah, I mean, if there's a tradition around killing, he wants to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is strangely paternal for him, mm-hmm. which is not something he's ever seemed particularly interested no. in beyond no. making heirs that will allow his legacy to continue. Right. Um so the Romanovs uh, then retire to one of their many hunting lodges to relax, booze it up, and plan for the next day's hunt. Uh, hunting lodge or bunker? Yeah, it <laughs> it definitely it kind of looks like the Pentagon. Yeah, it's um it's brutal, brutal building with just a thin strip of small windows, sort mm-hmm. of uh, ringing each mm-hmm. side of the building. Yeah, utterly charmless, like most of the Romanov things. Yes, uh, but I imagine it's very nice inside um, because they seem to like their their luxuries, don't they? Mm-hmm. Um, what were you going to say, no, dear? Carry on. Oh, okay. Um, meanwhile, mm-hmm. uh, while everyone else is boozing it up and enjoying the amenities of, of the, the creepy-looking bunker, um, Dimitri is meeting with Snake Lonigan right. and Raoul Duke. Yes. So, <laughs> okay, I think I reversed their names here. I'm going to have to put that back as I, as I go through. So these are urban mercenaries who Dimitri is hire, hiring to strike a target he's designated yes. among the hunting party tomorrow. Right. So this is Robbie being very cheeky and taking the piss out of Sinister Dexter. Oh, right. I see. Okay, this is right. the Sinister Dexter bit. Yes. So this okay. is this is Sinister Dexter who are two... Are the, a story that was created roughly at the same time by Dan Abnett and uh, Dave Milgate. Uh, John, uh, what's it, Milgate? Um, sorry, I'm gonna, that's terrible. I forgot his name. First name. Um, yeah, blame on the bourbon. Uh, but it's it, so yeah, it was um, a, a story that started roughly at the same time as Dante and became very popular. Read right about the same in the same way as Dante about two wisecracking assassins in some kind of like William S. Burroughs neo future, um, and um, they kind of kill people for money, and that's funny. Right, and. Um their names are not Snake Lonigan no, and Raul Duke. Raul Duke is from, um, sorry, uh, oh my God, why why is my brain stopped working? Our brains just both froze up at exactly it's the same a, point. It's been Fear a long Fear and Loathing weeks. in Las Vegas. There right. we go. Raul Duke That's, is the lead character of Fear and okay. Loathing in so Las Vegas. So it's another 
Right. Okay. I never would have forgiven myself if I forgot that. Yeah. Um, and Snake Lonigan just sounds like, I don't know. Snake Plissken Escape or from, Right, Escape yeah. from L.A. or whatever. Yeah, something. Uh, something like that. Um, so uh, also present is Skua Skan. Skua Khan. Skua Khan. Sorry, mm-hmm. of course, Khan. Um, high ruler of the Mongol horde who's now an assassin for hire. And he's very like ricardo montalban's not so fake chest Mm -hmm. looking yeah and furs and doesn't look very mongol looks more like a well basically looks like a conan ripoff in actual fact he's a slain knockoff oh okay um this is this is robbie having fun taking taking the piss out of the two other very popular characters in 2008 when did slain start way back way back way back yeah slain's one of the og pat mills characters from Ah, oh, Pat Mills' character. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised we got away with that. I'm, uh, <laughs> Pat Mills is probably arranging gunships as we speak. We're reminding him of it now, so you better watch your back. Yeah. Um, so he's not listening to no. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, Uncle Pat's not <sighs> listening to anything we do and doesn't care. Oh goodness. Um. Well, here's Uncle Pat not yes. caring about us, and mm-hmm. um. So after this meeting where he's zicking these mm-hmm. uh, mercenaries on a target mm-hmm. that he's not naming, mm-hmm. um, a new day dawns over the snowy cliffs and uh, they're out hunting early. A yep. pack of wolves is heading for Dimitri and Dante who are taking cover behind some trees. And mm-hmm. Dimitri says, only to use standard weapons, no crests to give them a chance. Right. Um, and Dimitri and Arkady take out the pack easily. Mm-hmm. and just shoot them all even with their just standard weapons yeah. <laughs> and dimitri dante is upset by this mm-hmm. and dimitri says maybe it's because thieves and brigands were called wolf's head in the past and he feels a kinship with the wolves mm-hmm. and that they'll soon cure him of those qualities mm-hmm. um and what a cub of the wolves escapes and dante turns away dimitri's gun as he attempts to fire on it and Dimitri grabs Dante by the throat and lectures him on how proper genocide leaves no one alive. He's mad he didn't get to shoot the baby. If you shoot and, the babies, there's nothing left to hunt next year. I mean, really, idiot. twat. You yeah. know he'd just have, like, more wolves, I like, know, airlifted in, in from, from Rudenstein or something. Yep. Um, and at this point, Jocasta is just like, this is really gross. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm done. And Constantine gallantly offers to escort her back to the Winter Palace, which is interesting. And like, so does, why? And so does Nastasia. And Nastasia jumps in too, says, I want to have a mother-daughter chat. Mm. And Jocasta's like, no, nah, Dante. No, I don't want to talk to either of you douches. You, yeah, yeah, Dante. But why do they both want to go back with her? That's weird to me. It um, sort of sticks out. Like, they know something? I, I, I don't I, know. I mean, this whole thing is some political angling going okay. on. Um, I mean, was, as we'll see, there's definitely a, a division in the family down the middle between the two parents who don't agree with each other right. and have different agendas. Right. More okay. or less. So um, Dante and Jocasta are riding home in this all-terrain snow vehicle thingy. All-terrain being, behemoth tank thing. Yes. For They're no being reason. chauffeured home in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they talk about how Dante's heart isn't in the hunt. And Dante says that he's killed more than he ever thought possible since he discovered he was a Romanov, Mm -hmm. but never anyone or anything that didn't give him reason to. Right. So Dante is trying to desperately hold on to some kind of code (laughs) amidst all of this. This is Dante being all decent and moralistic. Yeah. I mean, 
minimally, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I will do a lot of killing, but only if you give me a reason. I mean, mm. like, that's a really yeah. broad <laughs> statement to make. Like, <laughs> there's a whole, like, spectrum of reasons, you know, somewhere. <laughs> the, spectrum under- <laughs> this, the, the spectrum of this family trip is firmly in the extreme. Yeah. I um, mean, he's going to look like an angel no matter what, because yeah, they yeah. are all really awful and jocasta is like you know i wish you were my bastard after he says this like my children are terrifying i wish you were mine yeah i should hate you but really i'm scared of my children Mm -hmm. um i wish they were more like you and dante is like you know maybe you should spend some more time with your scary children Mm -hmm. like they wouldn't maybe be so scary they miss you and i was abandoned by my mom and it's like not great for your mental health Mm -hmm. um and uh, Jocasta says that she thinks abandoning them was an act of kindness. So I guess she's putting herself down there, mm-hmm. um, that she wouldn't have been a good influence on them. Mm-hmm. Um, and also says giving birth to them is the cruelest thing she's ever done. Right. And that she's responsible for her brother turning them into monsters. Her um, I, I'm not... brother. Okay. Why hasn't anyone twigged to this before? That their brother never, and sister? But there's never been mentioned. There's never been anyone else mentioned. There's only those two people are like kind of like the matriarch and patriarch of the Romanov family. Is think, did someone think there was like another wife and another husband somewhere that were like removed? There's only ever been those two. I don't, I don't know what you mean. It doesn't, I don't really understand the reveal here. Cause it's like, yeah. I didn't know they were siblings. Oh, well, okay. All right. That's a huge reveal. Okay. Yeah, you're yeah, you're I, having sorry. too much bourbon. Sure. I swear okay. to God. No, you know what it probably is, is what? that you're too close to it. Oh, probably, um, probably. Uh, because that was a huge... Look at in my notes, mm. her effing brother. Yeah, you didn't write effing. But I yeah. didn't. I'm saying it here so that we're not an explicit podcast. Yeah, we're not an explicit podcast. Um, okay, sorry, yes. Believe me, I Excuse could be me. explicit. I'm just choosing not to yes. be. Yeah, but, it's oh incest. my God. She's responsible for her brother turning them into monsters. Mm. I wrote, what in the V.C. Andrews flowers in the attic-ish is this? <laughs> Did you have that in Britain? Flowers in the attic? V.C. Uh, Andrews? It was a famous movie. I don't came out of it. think I know it. It's, um, I know the name, but I don't know what it is. It's uh, a bunch of kids get locked in an attic by like an aunt who like feeds them Mm-hmm. donuts and and mm. keeps them locked away and mm-hmm. uh they they grow up in this attic and they're all messed up because they're like growing up in one dark room okay. together and turns out she's poisoning them well they all end up or a couple of them end up sleeping together okay. brother and sister right. so it's like a buzzword for for incest, incest. Um, uh, flowers yeah in the attic. okay it's flowers in the attic yeah uh, um a really weird creepy movie that you can mm-hmm. check out probably on some streaming service if you're interested. But yeah, got to keep the blood pure. Um, and she's saying maybe Dante understands now why they stay apart, why she's mm-hmm. not around her brother. Okay. But Fair like, enough. okay, this opens many questions for me. Right. Um, so did she decide to have a bunch of babies with her brother? Did she uh, get assaulted by her brother and then just like went, eh, what, why not? I mean, I just... It's, my mind is boggling. I don't know what's going on. I think that reveal has yet to happen, so I can spoil it for you. Yeah, don't spoil it for me. I'll I'll find out in due time, but, oh, God, I mean. Yeah, ick. It's it's really gross, and, um. Anyway. I'm, I'm, wow, okay. So, so incest children. I guess, you know, this many incest children, they're actually doing pretty well on how these kids turned out uh, to some degree. Feels like they should be weirder. (laughs) Um. I don't know. My brain isn't even working anymore mm. um, because th- that's disgusting and weird. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and she's all casual about it. Uh, anyway. Yep. Um, so meanwhile, Raul Duke and Snake Lonigan take out their driver, the driver mm. of their uh, ridiculous little tank, tank thing. ATV yes. thing, yep. with one shot, sending the snow vehicle off track and it rolls over. Mm-hmm. And the two uh, hitmen congratulate themselves and start workshopping advertising jingles for their assassin services. Right. Right. Um, so very much in line with the Sinister Dexter yeah. characters. Right. Um, Dante and Jocasta manage to survive the vehicle mm-hmm. rolling over, and the crest advises Dante to take evasive action, and they leg it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the rest of the Romanovs are having a grand old time killing wolves mm-hmm. and pursuing the cub that Dante let go. Right. The cub comes pretty close to Dante, so he and Jocasta are obviously like not far away from mm-hmm. the hunting party. Yeah. Um, and Dante tells Jocasta to take cover and explodes the snow vehicle with a huntsman shot. Uh, I'm not quite clear I'm why, not but sure. Quite sure how or why he does that, but sure. To make an explosion. To make a big explosion, we needed one. That's presumably a requirement of the script. Yeah, we haven't had an explosion mm. in a while, yeah. so it's time. Um, Skaboom. <laughs> Skaboom. Uh, and the crest lets Dante know that their attackers are famous hitmen mm-hmm. and that they've apparently killed so many people that the authorities have started a charity to support the relatives of their victims. Right. This is part of the shtick of Sinister Dexter. Is it? It's like they've killed more people than, than the bubonic plague or something. I don't know. There was a, The whole thing is it's kind of this kind of uh, smart-ass uh, monologue telling. And it, it, it's very dynamic of that period. Okay. Um, and it's... He's kind, I mean, of, kind of riffing on that. In this in this world, yes. in the in the Romanov world, the Dante world, I want to know who the authorities are that give <clears throat> a fig about victims' families. I mean, this is mm. that has to mean that what the the Romanovs are doing that? No, they're not. I Whose authorities? Anyway, I don't, I don't know why these people exist. I don't frankly. know. Either. Um. So Dante and Jocasta continue to flee on foot and run right into Khan. Khan. Who it, still haven't watched that, by the way. Still. <laughs> Making con references, we still haven't watched it. Um, who introduces himself as the once barbarian king of the Mongols. And, and strangely erudite. Yes. yes, well, Dante observes he doesn't sound very barbaric <laughs> um, and, in that he's using like a lot of 50 cent words. Right. And Khan explains that he's neo-barbarian. Neo-barbarian. And not into all that rape and pillaging stuff. Mm-hmm. More about feminism and vegetarianism and racial equality. So mm. woke barbarian. Progressive barbarian. Yeah. Uh, and apparently it didn't work out so well for him. He ended up exiled. Um, and yeah, this actual quote from Dante, because mm-hmm. this is prime Nicolai mm-hmm. Nante time. Mm-hmm. He says, no wonder they kicked him out. As the head of the Mongols, they probably figured you should be wearing a pink feather boa instead of animal skins. Oh, there we go. Dante. Yeah. Dikolai. Yeah. Nante. And I love the I love this barbarian. Mm-hmm. He's like, you short-sighted, petty-minded, intellectually stunted ignoramus. Just because I'm in touch with my feminine side doesn't mean my masculinity is in doubt. I wow. love him. He's I don't like what's about to happen to him because he's great and yep. I want more of him, yep. please. Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically explains um, uh, that he, when he gets angry, he can trigger a berserker right. well, this is, this is device a, 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 in his a, a, chest. The version of the slain warp spasm, which That's is what a, slain a, does. It's a reference his to his berserker Celtic, device yeah, is a, a warp spasm. A, called a warp spasm, okay. whereby by he can channel the, the the force of the earth. 
uh, and become this kind of grotesque, distorted, super powerful warrior figure. Uh, it's, yeah. it's slain superpower. I said Dante wouldn't like him when he's angry and that he bulks up like a Rob Layfield drawing. Yeah. That's basically what that looks better, like. Better anatomy. Lots of, is it? Um, yeah, I think Andy's a better Oh, oh, I see. And that's draft, a mystery. Draftsman style. Oh, is. by far. I just mean that there are a lot of weird extra muscles in here that I. But that, that's the word. But that's the whole that's, thing. That's how it works. Instead of it meaning to be like Captain America, which it's like, why does he have muscles under his pecs? Like, mm. this makes sense because yeah. it's weird. It's supposed to be weird looking. It's meant to yeah, be yeah. weird. I'll show you some, some uh, yeah. uh, Mick McMahon and Glenn Fabry warp spasms. Okay. That'll, I would love, oh my gosh, I'd love to mind. see some Glenn Fabry. Oh, that's good. Because his that's muscles look, the muscles that he does looks look weird anyway, normal muscles. So mm. I can imagine that would look really yeah. wild. Yeah, no, he's, it's um, super fleshy. So Dante, he starts fighting Dante and Dante cuts off his big beefy arm. Mm-hmm. And Khan responds by slamming him into the ground wham. and into unconsciousness. That's a, a nice big wham special effect from Annie there. I like that one. Oh, it's great. <laughs> um, this, the The... That's a great panel, him slamming Dante in the ground. It's it's a t-shirt. Um, it is a t-shirt. I would totally wear that t-shirt. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jocasta then starts monologuing yeah. at uh, Khan and explains that she likes men to be men and women to be women. Uh, but really, I don't know that she's in like a great position to give advice on societal standards here. Like, I mean, yeah, she's the matriarch of a, a noble house, so yeah, I expect matriarch she's of a noble house somewhat conservative. It's completely incested and weird right. and like, I yeah. mean, I don't, okay. Yeah. Um, and she explains uh, her version of the Battle of the Sexes mm-hmm. while she deftly disarms the disarmed Khan. Indeed. And breaks his big beefy neck. Amazing. I mean, she just sort of slips around. Never explained how she does him. this. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, does she have a hidden crest? Like, how is she... This guy is muscled supernaturally, and mm-hmm. she's managing to break his neck with just her bare hands and arms. She should need, like, a tractor to break that say, guy's like, neck. I was going to say, like, some kind it's, of a vice or something. Yeah, you'd need a lot of power so to break that guy's neck. I'm so going with... to no-prize this and say she's got a hidden crest somewhere. I'm um, not sure it's ever mentioned. Maybe it is. I, again, I, I don't remember. So well, I don't we'll think... We'll find out together. We, we will find out together. Yeah. I, I don't remember. Um, so, um, yeah, what is, what does she say? She's a weird kind of conservative feminist. Yes, she is. Cause she says we, on the other hand, the women, other than the like brute strength, bloodthirsty men confuse, infuriate, outwit and manipulate (laughs) and make sure you never, ever understand us. That's why women will always be the superiors. Feminism as defined by a man. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, this reminds me a lot of what we've seen from Dante before where he's like, you know, um, you know, women exist to ruin your life or whatever he was yeah. saying before. It, this is very much in line with, with that idea right. of like, oh, you know, men are just brutes and women mm. are just manipulative, conniving, and like that's the battle of the sexes. And I'm like, okay, but like women can also be brutes and men can also be conniving. Which is surprising because like, um, Dante's whole family background is basically growing up growing up in a, a ladies-only pirate ship. So I think he knows an awful lot about female brutality. I mean, I think that with More Dante, most Dante was just saying it at that point because he was nursing a broken heart. Right. right. But I mean, it's kind of coming through in some of the writing here that like this is at least part of if it even if it isn't Robbie's worldview, it's Mm -hmm. a worldview that he's aware of other people having and he's representing it. Right. So like 
what's interesting about Robbie is that while there are points of his writing where I'm like, Ugh, mm-hmm. like there's usually the counterpoints are also there. So mm-hmm. he's kind of, he really is kind of building a world. Yes. You're seeing all the different well, sort of sides of the argument. Voices. Yes, yeah. very much so. And that, that I think saves it. You know what I mean? It saves right. the parts that looking at this, mm-hmm. how many years later are we looking at this? 20 years later. Yeah. Um, that it saves it from being cringy because you're seeing, you're seeing a variety of viewpoints. Yeah, I mean, it's important yeah. that we understand that Nikolai's opinion is based on his limited world view. <laughs> yeah. And very, very poor parenting, frankly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, it doesn't. It shouldn't surprise it any of us. Yeah. And his his voice is not by any means of the the, the definitive authorial right. voice. He is very, very uh, subjective, and mm-hmm. his his worldview is very limited, and that's yeah. important. And as is as every other character, as you just said. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Are you mansplaining my idea back to me? Am I? And then, Am I doing no, that? I'm, I'm sorry. I just could, sure. I couldn't resist saying that because of the conversation we're just having about feminism. Fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, so, Finnegan, Finnegan. So, Dante awakens and Jocasta tells him that he killed Khan. Oh, yeah. And congratulates him on doing so. So, she's concealing her superpowers. She is concealing it, which, again, makes me think, like, hidden crest, hidden something. Maybe. We're going to find something out about her. Yeah. Um, uh, but the pair move onward. The other with the other two hitmen that are still alive, mm-hmm. hot on their heels, and uh, Dante and his not step his, his stepmom, I guess, um, mm-hmm. make it to the Romanov necropolis, right, where generations of Romanovs are laid to rest. Mm-hmm. Lots of mist, creepy statues, and gravestones, mm-hmm. and the hitmen start firing on them. Mm-hmm. And our pair take cover, and we are treated to the hitmen making out with each other. This is shots fired, by the way. Why? This is because Robbie is basically saying that Sinister Dexter are gay. Why is um, that a shot fired? It, it's it's aggressive. Was <laughs> it's it aggra- meant to be a put yes, down? Yes, it's definitely a sarcastic um, riff on on the two characters. No, I don't like that. I know. Listen, it just I'm just saying that's almost set. It's it's shots fired. Listen, gay is not pejorative. I didn't say it was, but no. this is definitely Robbie having a dig. All right. Well, listen, I, I was just hoping that it was more along the lines of, like, wouldn't it be fun if these two were gay more than it's, like, pejorative. We could say it that way. Yeah. We could spin it that way. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of characters that, that I look at. I mean, you see when me and your daughter watch television mm-hmm. and we just decide certain pairings are gay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll, like, lean in front of the TV and go, that's gay. <laughs> you know, and they're meant to be straight. <laughs> so maybe he was just looking at them and saying, no, I feel the heat. Let's hope. Okay. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that. I'm going to live in that world. Sure. Um, so my my response to this was, oh, gay people exist. I mean, they're annoying and evil, <laughs> but hey, we took whatever representation we could in the late 90s, you know? Um, so uh, Dante... Yeah, there are some more gay people, but they're not necessarily presented very well either. Of course they aren't. It's mm. the late 90s. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dante uh, then tries to send uh, Jocasta on ahead of him so he can draw the hitman's mm-hmm. fire, uh, but she refuses... Yeah. Um, and the pair descend on Dante and her, and Dante directs his crest to beam Martian hardcore porn mm-hmm. into the eyes of. Uh, this is yeah. This this guy is. Um, in, that's Lonergan. No, that's, that's uh, uh, Duke. I think that's. Duke. It's not Duke. Yeah, that's Duke because he's supposed to be. Uh, oh, really? He's supposed to be. Um, what's he called? Uh, 
Dexter. And then he introduced them backwards. And so I don't. Okay, anyway. maybe. Okay, anyway, whatever. he's supposed to well, be. Well, let's call him Duke. We'll say yeah, it's Duke. Sinister Dexter. Dexter's the the Latino one, and okay. he's got a, a, a television in his eye. I see. That's the thing. So the, so he's That's beaming. Yeah. yeah. When you don't have the reference point for this, it it I had to really think about this one. I was like, oh, I guess he's got an implant. Right. It's so, mentioned, but only briefly. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, underneath is, his, like, uh, the crow makeup, right. he's got an implant. This is an in-joke. So, the Martian hardcore porn, let's take mm-hmm. a look at this. Yeah. Apparently, it's channel 69. What a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um And uh, I'm not quite sure where the Martian's head is, but he's certainly got a lot of horns to hold on to. Yeah. Well, and ladies, several laps. The ladies look fairly earthbound, but the Martians are... Yeah, and this one kind of looks like the thing. He's sort of turning into oh, rock yeah. in different places. Oh, yeah. But okay. Okay. Um, I like it. I'm interested sure. in, in the porn in this universe. Um, <laughs> I, that wasn't sarcastic. I am I know, actually I, I, I interested. Know. I know. Um, you know, you can tell a lot about a culture by their porn. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Um, so, uh, right. Dante throws off uh, Raul's aim this way mm-hmm. and manages to get his huntsman pointed directly at his head just as his boyfriend shoots Dante in the shoulder. In the shoulder. In the crest, in fact. Well, we're about to find that out. Yeah. Conveniently, it hits him in the crest. I mean, this is a, like, they kill so many people. This is a bad hitman. It clearly hits him in the shoulder. This is mm. not a killing blow. I'm, like, mm. not at all, I, I'm I'm baffled as to why they decide to, like, embrace and call it good um, yeah. here. Well, I think that's, again, a comment on Sinister Dexter, because they do shoot an awful lot of bullets and kill relatively few people. Okay. And somehow manage to be heroes and, of the okay. story, which is, like, what? So the two hitmen embrace and they're, as they're ready to murder Jocasta too, thinking Mm. that they've killed Dante, Mm -hmm. but somehow, and this is super confusing to me, Mm -hmm. somehow the bullet hit Dante's weapons crest and then boomerangs around to go right through the back of Raul and Snake? No, it's, 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 it's Dante with the the huntsman. Oh! Yeah, it's not very clear. Because he says, your shot hit my weapons crest, the bullet was automatically, oh, deflected by cyber organic shielding. I see. Mm Mm-hmm. I did not even see that he... The problem here is okay, that, we now, that have was the, really we now have the the implication that Dante is somehow bulletproof. That's a problem. Well, it's just because he hit it in the crest, apparently. Well, okay. It deflected because it was a direct shot yeah, to the crest. Yeah, but the implication is that the crest could make him bulletproof if it wanted that's to. That's true, because cyber and organic that's, shielding. That's prob- a problem. And we never did that again because well, you can't have a bulletproof hero. You know what? Hero. This bullet ruined that cyber organic shielding. Shielding, let's, I'm going to no prize it. It's it's busted the crest now. crest is busted. Yeah, it's busted. It's never I would have done again. that. I would have made the crest a bit busted or periodically went on the fritz. And oh, that like, would have oh, been cool. Because that way you've got a hero right, to be it's vulnerable. Right, like a limit. Right. It's like when because Spider-Man runs out of web shooting and he has to go right. like get more that's like stashed on the side of the Spider-Man's building. never quite strong enough to overcome the bad guy. Oh, no. You, you can't have Dante being too superhuman. Yeah. Otherwise, the whole thing falls apart because it's like, it's not Gosh, fun watching. I didn't even see him with the smoking gun there in the background. It's not very clear. It it would we would have been we would have done better to have that target pop up again because that's really clear what's happening even when he's doing something Mm. as obscure as beaming porn into the guy's eye I knew that's what was happening. You need to have this somehow in the background. We need to see see him creeping up behind them, yeah, when they're hugging, yeah, that would have been good. And then coming around the site, yeah, Yeah. it's yeah storytelling. Okay, I mean, listen, these are the kind of uh, Mm -hmm. flow problems I find in lots and lots of comics, even wonderful like Mm. really really well done ones a lot of times it can get a little confused it's just the the mm-hmm. nature the complication yeah. of, of visual storytelling yeah you've got to lay the, you've yeah. got to establish that the where everything is in context mm. and you have to work the action out in context it, it's it's a, it's one of the challenges it's a tricky of, thing it's the challenge of the job um so uh 
So we have two tropes now. Yep. Evil gaze, dead gaze. We in, got two. In a heart-shaped pool, heart pool of their own blood. In a heart-shaped pool of their own blood. So we've got literal bang for our prog buck. Two, yeah. two tropes. Two yep. gaze, two mm -hmm. tropes. Killing your gaze. Kill your gaze. Um, so <sighs> Dante, yeah, you know how much I love that I stuff. You know I how much know. I do not. Um, there, for those that don't know, there's a trope called barrier gaze, um, which is, you know, if you start noticing, especially in, in media uh, that's from before, say, you know, 2010 or so, a mm -hmm. um, lot of, lot of dead, dead gay characters, a lot yeah. of gay characters end up dead or evil or crazy. Mm -hmm. And this is unfortunately comes across in aggregate as like moralizing. Like if you, if you mm -hmm. pursue this lifestyle, you will meet some kind of a sticky end. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people didn't even realize they were doing it. I don't think that it's intentional a lot of the time, but mm -hmm. thankfully we're getting a little more aware of it. Yep. Um, so Dante then asks who killed, uh, who hired them to kill him as they're dying. And, uh, uh, Raul says they weren't hired to kill him. We don't even know who you are. Or Snake says. Which is improbable. They weren't hired to kill you. And Raul says, yeah, who are you even? Which is just like an, that's like an opportunity to get a burn on Dante. Like, you ain't that it's famous like, yeah. yet, kid. We don't even know who you are. <laughs> who the hell are you? I don't even you. know you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously they were going to kill Jocasta. Jocasta that was the point. was the real target. Right. Which kind of explains why they were, weren't too concerned that Dante was like completely dead yet. Yeah. So um, obviously this is Dimitri trying to kill his sister, sister mm -hmm. wife. Sister wife. Mm -hmm. uh, meanwhile, uh, the other Romanovs are stalking the injured wolf cub from mm -hmm. earlier. Uh, remember him? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dimitri has it in his sights when Dante shoots a tree mm -hmm. that falls down and allows the cub to escape. And Dimitri tells Dante he missed. And Dante says, no, no. you did. Yeah. I love those ending Robbie lines. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> he does a lot of these like kind of cool really end lines. sneering yeah. at each other. Um, so that's it. We that's we made it. it to the end yeah. of uh, of why am I the hunting party? The name? Thank you, the hunting party. Boy. The hunting we are party. really whoo. We fried tonight. Well, Ooh. tired, tired. Well, uh, let's let's pull ourselves together and take a uh, serious moment. Oh my God! Serious yeah. moment? Yeah, sure. Yeah, no, no, you sure that's wise? Yes, an actual serious oh moment, boy. my dear. Okay. Um, yes. We want to mark the passing of Bolt O One. Yes. Uh, we do. Who, by the way, commented on our our thread I know, about I know. our I, I saw board? That. He commented that your no prize was superb. <sighs> I saw that. Um, I saw that, and I felt. And you guys met at a uh, con, apparently, at some uh, point. Apparently, we met at a thought bubble. Yeah. yeah. Where I was. So, um, do you want to do you want to talk about your work with him a little bit? Um, I mean, I, we only ever communicated by email. I mean, apart from the time I met him, apparently, um, conventions are crazy that way. You meet a lot of people and I have a poor memory. So he yeah, really I, that. I did talk to him uh, uh, quite a few times in email because I did some covers for Zar Jazz, um, yeah. which was very enjoyable and he paid 50 quid for cover, which is nothing like my going rate, but. I'm very happy, to do, very happy to do it because it's our jazz and because he's such a nice guy and he was very polite about it and he was like, you know, you don't have to do this and there's no obligation or anything. It was just, it would be nice if you could do it. And I went, sure, it'd be fun to do. You loved doing those covers. I loved doing it because it was, a, it was, a, it was, I could do, try out some things and have some fun and goof around. You were even doing one of those covers famously while you were in the hospital. I did. Uh, the one I posted on Facebook, the, the Dread one with the yeah, city. Yeah, where, where Dread's uh, torso is in the foreground yeah. and the city behind him. Yeah, I drew that while I was in hospital getting up. Well, actually, no, it was no, after. It was, it was that post. Was the, that was the blood poisoning. Yeah, it was when I got sepsis. Um, so, yeah, I was in I was in hospital for five days. Three months before our wedding. 
Yeah. It was good. That was yeah. a so that I was, was a heady I was, time, but I was bored. But uh, uh, but so it was yeah, a, I did that cover then. It was a yeah, it was a great cover, and I remember you speaking very fondly of what Zarjaz meant to the community. Yes, and that wasn't the only. He edited a bunch of other magazines. Yeah, Dog as well. Breath, um, a couple of other ones. I, I don't I don't have all of them. I'm afraid. I'm sad to say, uh, but yeah, it, he is kind of responsible. Uh, partly responsible for a kind of whole ecosystem of fanzines mm-hmm. around 2080, which has been a kind of a, um, a training ground for 2080 artists because a lot of artists who since gone on to work in 2080 started out there, mm-hmm. got their first publishing, um, their first experience of being published in that comic. Um, right. And, you know, some really great stuff's come through there. And I was very happy to be part of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm very happy to interact with him at any level because he's one of the the, the best of fandom, mm. I think. I think all people agree with that, is that he's one of the kindest and most kind of open and generous people. It was pretty universal, um, generous what I was people, seeing written you know? about him and yeah. on the boards and, and, you know, the pieces that were done. And I just have to say that may we all live our lives so well that we're so memorialized when, so well thought when of, we go. I know. mean, I... So Dave Adams, uh, Dave Evans, you drink a, a drink Yeah, to, drink a to toast. Health. Cheers. Um, you did good. Thank you. Thank you for your, your time with us, yep. my friend. Uh, you will be fondly remembered. Um, so so now, uh, speaking of no prizes, um, uh, no prize time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so we asked our listeners to explain why the Imperial Palace was gold okay. in episode 11. <laughs> okay. And Barrington Boots. Okay. Barrington, Barrington Boots. Barrington Boots said uh, why is the imperial palace gold i reckon it's been temporarily gilded with the entire wealth of a noble house (laughs) or other hapless bunch of goons who just got crushed by the czar the gold (laughs) is to be later scraped off and chucked into space or something because the czar is a bellend and likes to make a point true this sounds very good to me. completely consistent with character this sounds very good to me it can, works. Yes. Congratulations on your no prize bearing to yeah, boots. You win. Um, definitely, uh, you can DM me on Twitter at Ed Helena or DM Simon. Just give us your email address and how you want to be addressed on your no prize. Right, we'll and uh, also, Barrington Boots wants to know uh, what uh, he has to do to get some Romanov boxer shorts. It uh, says that they're pretty sure that everyone on the board would buy a pair. Boxer shorts. Uh, I don't know. That's an interesting point. I don't. I would like some Romanov boxer shorts. See, potentially, (laughs) I could do these things. I could produce my own Dante merch, but I think Mm. it's probably illegal. Yeah. uh, Because I don't own the copyright. So I'd have to. I would have to tend with or contend with the the forces of uh, of rebellion lawyers, um, or ask permission to do it. I suppose. Mm. Um, Something to think about. Something to think about. Um, also, we had an answer from Content Colin. Content Colin. Content Colin is Colin. back. Um, of course he is, because he's Content Colin. Yes. Um, he says uh, he was going for a similar tack as Barrington Boots did mm-hmm. uh, when he was thinking about it initially, suggesting the sci-fi future Easter, yep. and that it is meant to be a Fabergé egg. Mm-hmm. Um the czar did temporarily did it temporarily to celebrate Easter, but since war was closing in, mm-hmm. uh, it was also a sign of endless resources that he had at his disposal. Yep. But since Barrington got there first, he's going with his alternative. Okay. I love that he has backup already for his no prize. So much he's content. Prepared. So much content. I know. Um, and uh, is that it's actually Bubo. Bubo. Bubo, the mechanical owl from, from Clash, Clash of the, of the Titans. Titans. Wow. Overlooking a scale model of Saint Petersburg. Oh. Okay. So that's right. his answer. 
It's, um, uh, it ties in with the the Ray Harryhausen expedition exhibition that is currently on in Edinburgh, I believe. Oh gosh, I'd love. I know, to I'd see love that. to see. I want How to see. How long that. is it running? I don't know. I got to find out, but oh, I, it's honey, apparently you have breathtaking. To find out. I know. Because they have, it, I think it, they have Bubo there. It may be that we're doing yeah. our long delayed honeymoon, and if it's still on, I know. Okay. Listen, if we can, if we can see it, we'll see it. All right. Um. So anyway, yes. Uh, content, Colin. You have also won a no prize. So yes. please. Uh, DM us, give us, uh, I assume you want to be addressed as Colin, or we could put content Colin on there, whatever you whatever like. Whatever you like. Uh, and your email address, and we will get that to you. Yes. Um, okay. So, questions. That's what we're going to oh do boy. with our end here. Oh okay. Boy. Okay. Oh, and I also want to say about the no prize is that mm. Bad Andy has set it as his icon on the board. Now, and it's super cute. <laughs> yes, okay. it looks great. Um, I was really happy to notice it there. Okay. Um, so, questions. So, oh, our last no prize is going to mm-hmm. go to Michael Crowder. Okay. Michael Crowder. Um, you can see I'm so organized today. You Michael are. Crowder, um, he wrote into 2000 AD Did he? a letter about us as a podcast. Did he? Yes. That was good of him. And he recommended us and Space Spinner 2000, another podcast. Uh, another which great is, podcast. Which is far more um, uh, prodigious Long, than we are. They're on like episode 200 and something. Yeah, they've been going for a long they're time. They're slogging through all the progs and they're like in 1991 now the or something. Prog slog, yeah. So um, that's a thing, prog slog. Prog slog's an it's a thing. It's a thing people do. It's a thing Squawk State Fargo do. Yeah, okay. they go through the whole thing from beginning to end. Uh, it's a, a, a mammoth feat. Uh, and um, uh, to, these people should be given a special uh, Krillo Thargo. What, what is the prize? I don't remember the one that uh, Tharg actually gives out. Okay. They, they should they should actually be given an award for that. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, also, sounds exactly like something I would do. So I'm I'm on board for this. <laughs> I uh, wish I'm, we had all I'm the progs. We don't. We don't um, have all the progs. But uh, I was I was trying to famously read all of the X Men and spinoff books in chronological mm-hmm. order. Yeah, and then you married me and that fell apart. And that's true. That is yeah, what sorry happened. Sorry about that. Um, that's okay. You know mm. what? You're worth it. Um, Thanks, baby. You're welcome. <laughs> so, Michael Crowder, uh, you also are winning no prize. I already have his email address. Okay, though, So, good. we're going to get that to him good, soon. Good. But his question is, is there any 2000 AD character Simon has always wanted to draw but has never had the chance? Oh, um, I did pitch a Durham Red thing to, to Tharg at one point. Um, but there was it was a it was just after uh, Carlos Esquerra died, so there was some doubt about whether that was going to whether there was going to be any more Durham Red. Mm. Um, and then we shifted and ended up doing the Hershey stuff instead. So, right. um, but yeah, I like I like what's been done. I like Durham Red's a character, and I like the the design stuff that's been done with her so far, and I like the the fun parts of her. Uh, but there was there was well anyway there, there's there's been lots of things of of anyway I can't talk about things. Okay, there are things not, you can't I'm not talk allowed, about. Okay, I'm not allowed. but Durham Red is a fine answer. Yeah, and Durham, you would I like, like you would like to do. I, some... I will tell you what my childhood self would have okay. wanted to do. I would have loved to have drawn ABC Warriors because that was my favorite oh, 2000 yeah, character when I was a kid. Yeah. yeah, I loved ABC Warriors. I'm not maybe the best artist to do that because I think I'm not the best like robots and I was tech artist. Yeah, if somebody, yeah. someone like Colin Wilson would do that brilliantly as like a, a big tech and heavy kind of machinery artist. Um, and I'd love to see him do it, frankly. Uh, but um, yeah, that's the one I would have, as a kid, I would have chosen to do. Okay. Um, also, uh, Funt Solo. Font. Good old Font. Font. Um, art process question for you. Okay. For Dante, you're always, I think, listed alongside a colorist. For your covers, there's no colorist listed. Do you color the covers? I do. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I do quite a lot of coloring. 
yeah. If I get the chance. The problem is it's just time consuming. It's time consuming, right. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm, not that you don't like to do it. It's that, yeah. you know. And I do collaborate. And with, if I'm working with Gary, we do kind of collaborate from back and forward. Because yeah. I, have, I have very specific ideas about how I want things to look. Right. Um, so and Gary's learned your language for the most part, yeah, and, but and he, he adds doesn't actually off. live in your head. No, <laughs> so. he doesn't, but he's very, very good. He's yes. gonna, he's very complimentary. We work very well together, yes, I think. I think people would agree. Um, and he's got a very good, strong color sense. He's much more uh, bold with his color choices than I would be. Mm. And I think that's really good. That's really good. Um, oh, uh, Broodblick asks... Uh, Broodblick. We, Broodblick. Broodblick, okay. Yes, uh, asks... Um, uh, would Simon like to do another series in the world of Dante, not bringing Nikolai back? Yes. And if that's the case, whom would Simon like to write it? Or would he take on the pen as well? <laughs> but it's always a Robbie thing. Uh, it, it's, it really begins and ends with Robbie. Yeah. Um, it, it's If something was going to happen in that, it would have to be with Robbie. I don't see there's any way of doing that. I don't really have any urge to write that stuff mm -hmm. um, well it's not really your baby it's is not it? mine and it's your visual baby but it's not your yeah and it would yeah it would feel like only half the team yeah. which isn't good yeah. i prefer if it was robbie was writing it right that's the magic so badger him yes yeah, so badger robbie <laughs> that's uh, we're, we're sending you oh, fly God. our monkeys oh, fly no. fly flying monkeys oh no i feel bad already because this is gonna be like i don't it's fine okay um you can blame <laughs> it on me um Oh, and uh, Sheridan uh, asked, um, Sheridan. we're perfectly welcome to keep our private lives to ourselves, but how did we meet? And when have we ever kept our private lives to ourselves? We're doing a podcast with the two of us talking to you every week. So, yeah. um, uh, I, you know, you actually have a lot more feelings about keeping private things private than I do. I'm like, mm. fine. Well, having are, it all You're an American. Out. I am. I'm very American that mm. way. And New Yorker and American. Yeah. So it's like American, you know, everything out there. And New Yorker is like, here's my psyche. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you about it. Yes. Um, but uh, what I had said was that when we get to the 40th anniversary issue, we will talk more about us. Yeah. Because that's. Yeah, yeah. Because that we, you actually feature in that story. Because I'm actually in that story. A character story. in that story. And that, it, it also went on to some other. There, yes. there was another thing happened because of that story. That's right. Um, and so I, I, we will tell that story. We when will we get tell to that it. story and we will tell how we met. Um, but, right. uh, you know, um, spoiler alert, it's because of comics that we met. Um, so. Shocking. Yeah. I never ever thought I'd get laid because of comics, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got more than laid, sweetie. <laughs> hey. Comics um, for the win. Yes. Uh, but yes. Uh, so I'll be very happy to get into that uh, yep. then. Um, we're saving that story. We're saving it. So we are, are saving it. But it was because of comics, it was which is of nice. Comics. Um, so uh, Content Colin. Colin. Of course he has a question. Colin. Of course. Um he says that, oh, yeah, he had a memory of Robbie saying that he wished he'd done Dante without the sci-fi trappings, which I think is a misremembrance. He, he actually said he, he himself thought it might be a misremembrance. Um, yeah, I mean, it was originally conceived as a, a, as a historical story set in um, the Russia under Peter the Great. So it would have been largely the same story, probably, but there wouldn't have been the sci-fi flying around in spaceships and stuff. Right. It would all have been sort of horse, people and horses and that kind of thing. Right. Um, and so, yeah, not quite true, but yeah, I mean, Robbie does, would prefer to do a straight historical uh, right. romp. Yeah, and he was asking, how do you feel that would change the story and would it have worked as well? Um, see, if I say it would have worked as well, then it would be bad sci-fi because sci-fi is all about um, the ideas. So yeah, I don't know if, 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 
Dante is good sci-fi. I'm thinking about it now. Um, probably not. It's a fantasy. Dante is, is a, Dante is a, a fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of you the know, the science fiction is not a crucial element to Dante's it's kind success. Kind of like Doctor Who, you yeah. know, where uh, where yeah. our, our setup is falling apart. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Doctor Who, where it's like more of a fantasy with like science sprinkling, science frosting, science sure. fiction. Frosting. The actual <laughs> characters and the story elements all work without any science fiction at all. Right. So yes, it would work fine. Yeah, uh, I, I'm sure it would probably be just as good. Um, it would be less fun to draw maybe because mm. there'd be a lot more research involved um, and you wouldn't have chess horses and floating palaces no. and floating platforms yeah and like this world destroying weapons yeah. and, and uh, mad half brothers with um, yeah. rampant weapons crests going through yeah, yeah. that would be like something icky like tuberculosis or like something like we just so. watched Jupiter Rising the oh, other boy. day because yeah. uh, I made Simon watch it because I, I think it's ridiculous and I love it for being just like this ridiculous kind of trashy fabulous. pulp it's movie it's a fabulous movie isn't it so great so good. anyway <laughs> any red mane chewing the scenery in that just makes so my weird. heart sing it's very Dante I mean it's, it's, it's really silly it's, it's very silly but it's, it's great it, it made me really want to do a space opera again because mm, yeah. it's like, ah, oh, it's, it's so much fun. It? But in that, they had floating platforms all they, over the place. And that's how you know it's the future. <laughs> yeah. I would like a Dante TV show there to look go. like that. Please. And we're doing our best yeah. to stoke the fires. Yeah. Um, but we are closing the book on Dante for today. Oh. I know. I'm yeah. sad to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. We'd hang out with you guys all night, honestly. Um, but we will be back next week with Fists of Fury and the last dance on the Trans-Siberian Orchestra or Express. Express. <laughs> yes. And we That's hope right. you enjoyed our podcast. And if so, please subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us ratings and reviews wherever you can. Tell your friends about the podcast. Um, follow us on Twitter at PodTGDR. And let us know what you think of the podcast of Dante Comics whatever's on your mind. I'm Edie. And I'm Simon. And we will catch you next time. Bye.